The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome back, friends. Thanks for joining us as we finish off this week together in the Word of God. And uh, for those watching us live, thanks for taking time, whether you're home, in your car, a few minutes at work, and just giving uh, me the opportunity to be part of your day. It's a huge privilege and a neat opportunity, and thank you so much for that. Uh, We're in Psalm chapter 12 this morning. Psalm chapter 12, as we continue to slowly work through different aspects of the book of Psalms and really evaluating and looking at different aspects of David's relationship with God, which I truly believe is a great help for us as we evaluate our relationship and as we strive to grow. And there's so many things we can learn by watching someone else who God called a man after his own heart. So what are some things we can learn? Well, today we see uh, what I really kind of call the, the, the call, uh, the call for truth, the call for reality, the call for godliness, the call for faithfulness. Uh, and I'm telling you, uh, this morning a little bit, as I was beginning my day, I was evaluating, watching some of the news coverage of the shooting in Ohio that with the stabbing, and, I, and I'm listening. I was, I was looking at it for several reasons. One of them was just cultural. As I saw the different perspectives, all right? He should have shot because she was about to kill somebody or stab somebody with a knife. It was just an, and then other news broadcasters, it was just a knife. Why are we even trying to do this? And, and I, I guess what I was seeing is I was seeing how so many people were taking that scenario and trying to tell you what you should think from it. They're trying to get you to see the world from their point of view. And, and I, was, I was just amazed at how we think our words and, and can convince ourselves of certain things, which I went there mostly based upon what we're going to read in Psalm chapter 2. So Psalm chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, says this, Help, Lord, for the goodly, for, excuse me, godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said with our tongue, we will prevail, our lips are our own. Who is the Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy. Now will I arise, saith the Lord, I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are pure words, a silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. So what we, what we look at this is really we come down to a truth that is we, we've seen. It's often actually, we, we talk about often from, from Mark, I believe it's Mark 16. It's also in James talking about how the words of somebody, what they say and what they project, say a lot about what's really going on in their heart. So in Mark, the Bible says, um, out, of the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so in that section, what we say, what we talk about tells everybody what we really think. So you find somebody who's critical or likes to gossip or angry, you're going to see that there's something inside of them they just really need to get right. There's something with a hurt, you know, one person made it clear, hurting people hurt people. So there's something inside they really need to get right. You find somebody who uh, is always kind of spinning a tail, not always being honest, and you look back and wonder, you know, what's going on. You get to know about them. Uh, in James, it says, um, pure religion undefiled. It says, 
if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. And he just comes back to this. When I want to put on a front for everyone else to see, but my tongue deceives and kind of proves me to be inaccurate, well, then you see the emptiness, you see the vanity of it. And so we see a similar idea. Really, David's here is pleading for character. He's pleading for godliness instead of emptiness. It's easy to put on a front, and, and unfortunately, with the lack of character and godly men, you're, he's saying, I'm beginning to see sin and vanity just rampant. And we see that very much today. So he starts up, help Lord for the godly man ceaseth for the faithful men fail from among the children of men. And I'm telling you as a pastor, I I can substantiate that comment in 2021 today. That the idea of faithfulness, the, the idea of godliness uh, is, is failing. And now we, we, we have good people, we have some church people, things like that, but I'm talking godly people. You know, I, I heard a comment once years ago, or read it, it was talking about a man, he wrote an article about what, it was, it was an article on dating, and it was really a reference to what women should be looking for, young ladies as they're coming out of the home and looking to marry. What should they be looking for uh, in a husband? And he made the comment. He said, "Women should be looking for more than um, should be looking for more than just a good man. They should be looking for a godly man." And he was distinguishing in this article the difference between a good man and a godly man. And, you know, and that is something that I've not been able. You know, I, I won't go through all the details of that article, but I tell you, it's something that I think all of us should evaluate today. Men, we should strive to be more than good. We should strive to be godly. We should strive to be one that leads our home and let our family recognizes godliness, not just good. Because, yeah, goodness is nice. In the world, honestly, goodness will grab attention because there's just not a whole lot of it in our world today. But godliness is so much more. By the way, goodness, everybody can look back and say, this is great. But godliness is not always seen in a great light. Because those who want, as we read, as we read through these verses, those who are are they use their words to put a front out that aren't real. They sound good, but in, in their heart, they're not. There's a battle inside and they're struggling. Um, those kind of people don't do well around godliness because godliness is real and it's, it's transparent, it's humble. Um, the front we put on, the, this good front is fake. And, and so it, usually you see those people kind of attacking. They're, they're friendly, they're kind, they're all this, but deep down, they're not godly. Sometimes they're not even saved. And we see, he says, we're missing this. So here's what he says in verse 2. These people speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor. So understand, vanity is emptiness. Emptiness, foolishness. There's just nothing substantial, real. They, they talk about nothing in reality. Then it goes on. With flattering lips and with the doubled heart do they speak. Now, I, I looked this up and I listened to Spurgeon. He talked an awful lot about He said, if somebody is going to take time to brag on me, with one side of their heart. They're more than likely criticizing me with the other side of their heart. Why, what pushes men to use flattering words and brag on somebody? Well, usually they're covering for something, generally speaking, is what David is saying here. So he says that you know they, they speak and they brag and they, they lift people up, and in all reality, that's not what's really going on. It's not real, and, and so it's empty. It's an empty compliment when someone's trying to lift up. They're trying to flatter you. Salespeople are really good at this. They, they push in on your need. You need to have this. You know, oh, you're wonderful. And you're amazing. You need to have this and you're worth all this extra you're going to spend. And oh, and by the way, here's what's going to cost you. This is the kind of the premise of it. Verse three, the Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. 
See, he, he really goes back to the tongue and he talks about the danger of it. Here, here's the next verse really explains why. Who have said, this is what he's going to deal with. These people who have said, with our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is the Lord over us? Listen, I don't care truth, he's saying, these people. I don't care what the truth is. I don't, you don't interrupt me with facts. Let me tell you the truth. What I'm going to say is going to be the truth. And there's not, who is the Lord over us? Who is really the one to tell us what's right or wrong? We should be able to state and believe what we want to believe. And I mentioned, I listened to these news articles today, listening to video. And I honestly, they, the first one I watched, yeah, whatever, that it intrigued me. As I was watching multiple from all different platforms. As I looked at the idea of people spinning something. All right, so a girl's about to stab another girl. Well, one girl just called it a, a schoolyard fight. It's a little scary if a schoolyard fight is somebody trying to kill someone with a knife. And this cop was bad for saving a life. And that's kind of, you know, I have my very strong opinion on this because some of this is extreme. But that, I look at that, here's what's happening. Each side is literally trying to state, this is what you should believe. And they're using their words to do it. And, And don't get me wrong, most of them are not trying to use any basis of facts. Most of them are trying to twist the story to somehow make someone who's helped you bad. And we do this in Christianity, we do this a lot. We, we, we lose a level of transparency in just being pure and honest with our words. Uh, because, we sh- and, and what I see from that is because we struggle with what's really going on inside. We have a battle, the, the genuine walk with God or whatever, we're missing it, and so we, we learn how to speak. One young man in our church says we learn how to speak church ease or Christian ease. So there's a little, we miss sometimes reality of it. Verse 5, he says, For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy. Now will I arise, saith the Lord, I will set him at safety from him that puffeth at him. He says, those who are been attacked by the empty, cruel words of others, I will step up and I will deal with it. Uh, Here's a simple way to put it today. Those who will use gossip and slander and lies to hurt someone else. Um, God said, I will deal with them. At some point, I will deal with that scenario. And it unfortunately does happen. It's so sad, but it does happen. Let's look at how he describes God's words. And yes, this is what we should strive to be true about ourselves. Verse 6, the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Let me describe what he's talking about, pure words, Um, clean, free from error, free from bias, free from frustration, pure. But I love what he says, is, is silver tried in the furnace, Purified seven times. Obviously, seven is the number of perfection. So he's talking about the fact it's been purified. His words have been purified to perfection. But one of the things with silver, how, how is silver purified? Well, you apply heat to it. It's just like gold. You apply heat, and as you apply heat, the, the, the impurities move to the top of what is now a liquid, and they can take away the dross. Well, one, I was hearing one man give an illustration on the purification of silver. He was actually watching this happen, and, and the guy's walking through and showing him as he applied heat, and, and if you go too far, you can ruin, uh, ruin the silver. And, and so this man asked, when do you know that the silver is right? I love this. He said, when I can see my reflection in it. And that's really what God's working in. But anytime, pure, he goes, just like silver so pure because it's been removed of dross is, is the words of the Lord. So what do we do with that? Verse 7, thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them for, from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. So he says, you, your words should be pure and you should honor them. But, you know, we see verse 8 today. And I'm not even going to put names to this, but I, we've seen it throughout my life. I've seen it wicked have freedom to walk and do what they want when a vile man is exalted. When sin is exalted, 
it gives freedom to other people to follow in the footsteps of the sinner. When sin is ignored, when sin is allowed to live, and when comments, you know, when we just kind of act like it's no big deal, well, we, you know, it's not, not a problem. And don't get me wrong. I believe love covers a multitude of sin. I don't think we should ever point things out. But when we look at somebody as amazing, in spite of, and I'm not talking people, we all struggle with sin. I'm talking somebody who refuses to get right with God. So you've got some guy in the world and he's fighting against God, fighting against church, fighting against this, and he's 100% wrong, but we pin him up as a, as a hero. Well, well, then you're going to tell everybody else to be just like him. Athletes do that today and they, they say some of the dumbest things and they're pinned as heroes. Well, then what do we do? Well, we're going to act like them. That's what he's saying here. It's important for us to understand that our words all have meaning. They all have consequence. And when you say something, especially in the digital world, I, I'm amazed at how people can post things on some kind of social media platform and then later say, I didn't really mean it that way. You don't have an option. You posted it. I think we'd be wise in that area. But I, I think it's important. Like, If I'm ever going to go to social media, I don't do a whole lot, but I go, I usually skim by you know, certain people. Sometimes it's unfriend them. I don't, I don't want the criticism or the negative. And I find some people that I enjoy watching or reading because they're just encouraging. Uh, you can see the desire for encouragement and godliness in that. And that's really what we see. I, I, let me encourage you, as David did, that let's strive for godliness. It's, our words are an example of our heart, and our heart is a representation of our walk with God. It starts with salvation, and then it just comes to purity, growth. And may that be what we want to do. May we use our words to encourage, to lift up, to help to bring people to Jesus, not in whatever level to pull people from Jesus. Well, I'm right, I'm vindicated, whatever. Boy, but sometimes we hurt people. And may we use our words to exalt Jesus and to encourage each other and allow it to be something that Satan cannot use for bad. May we strive for more than just being good. May we strive for godliness and truth and transparency and love that comes from a heart that walks with God. I hope that's a help. I hope that's something that makes us consider and think how we use our words. And uh, we hope you'll see us this, come this weekend. This, this Sunday at 10, our morning service starts. And again, if you can't make it, it is online at 10 o'clock. So we invite you to join us at 10 o'clock here in property. We do have a kids program, a nursery. Uh, we do interpret for the deaf. Uh, and so if you've got a family and you want to be able to come and just worship together, we invite you to join us at 10 o'clock in the auditorium and, and, and we, we can help a usher or a greeter. We'll help you find different locations if you happen to need the nursery or anything of that nature. Uh, Friday, uh, Sunday night, 5 o'clock, our night of praise, a great time of family worship, and hope you'll join us on property for that at 5 o'clock. Thanks for taking time today on this Friday at the end of the week to join us. We hope it's an encouragement as we spend time in God's Word together and hope you have a great great week, whether you're working or spending time with family, we hope you have a great weekend, and we look forward to seeing you Sunday. God bless.